don't talk to me. I'm trying to study for my advanced basket-weaving thesis defense. It's final season here at SAIT, and your president and VPX have got a few things to say about it. Join them inside their fort of blankets and textbooks deep in the caverns beneath Senator Burns and get your learning on! Hi, Ryan. How's it going? <laughs> I, I still have the confrontation from Les Mis running in my head, <laughs> even though you guys made me shut up and stop singing it. Because I had no idea. I just have the conversation about doing a cold open, and then we did a warm open that, <laughs> that turns out to be a cold open. That was the warmest open I've ever had. It just I always feel like when we start, it's like, oh, I'm supposed to be prepared. Like, one of us is supposed to say something first, but usually we just look <laughs> at each other for a little, and we're like... Do you wanna? Do you do you wanna start? Do you wanna say the word? I like my openings lukewarm. Yeah, yeah, and that was definitely it. Um, joining you guys here, hello. It is Liam Hunter, the vice president external of the Students Association. If you aren't used to hearing it, uh, if you don't know that, then man, you need to go listen to the other seven episodes that we have. Seven, seven episodes. Seven yeah. episodes. The ghost of uh, Andrew Jackson is saying yes. The ghost of Jean Valjean. Um, does Jean Valjean die? I think he does at the end. Yes, he does, because he's really old and he gives, a wa- gives away the two <laughs> lovers, I think. Yeah. Because to Jean Valjean, it's better than Andrew Jackson. We don't want the Trail of Tears guy in here. Uh-uh. Bad guy. Old Hickory. Um, we are joining you with a surprise eighth episode, because <laughs> I think if you if you listened to last month's episode, Mar- the March elections episode, I believe that I mistakenly like did a send off right at the end. I was like, "We will see you in the fall," or rather, two other hosts will. Um, but we're back. But we're back. <laughs> it's been two months since we recorded that episode that came out a month ago, and uh, we real we realized we miscounted. So well, we're back. you know, I I recall us <laughs> talking about uh, we were threatening the board that t- telling them to uh, impeach us. Oh, yeah, so we So maybe we just really actually thought that we were going to be impeached and we weren't going to be able to come back yeah. for this. Yeah, and I was doing, like, this voice, which <laughs> will not be making an appearance in this episode <laughs> for the benefit of our <laughs> listeners, um, and to do a cease and desist letter from Mayor Nenshi <laughs> and the Kennedy estate, among others. Um, I heard that that's the reason he's not running again. Yeah, he, he was, was like, <laughs> I am just done. <laughs> like, <laughs> Liam got me so good with that impression of JFK. Yeah. Um. But yeah, we're back. Frankly, we didn't like we knew that we had to come back for summer episodes and realized that we were missing an April episode. So we're here. And we're actually very happy to be here cuz we want to talk freely about something that affects all of our lives. Yeah, and we actually have two really awesome topics today that uh are exciting for everyone. I don't know if exciting is the right word. Uh exciting uh, I don't think exciting it has a positive connotation, but I think the denotation is accurate here mentally damaging yeah i'm ex- i'm not excited about it but my nerves get excited okay. when i my heart rate increases when i think of oh, the topics yeah. for this week which is finals mm. it's finals guys we're gonna it talk is. a little bit about finals we're gonna talk about how much they make me wanna die this is my last full semester as a full-time student is this semester uh most executives only do one course uh, semester uh, because they work full-time for the Student Association, and that was quite wise of them, I've learned, because all of my courses are reaching a crescendo at the same time, mm. and I'm still working full-time. They recently just had to run my own election, 
And uh, man, if everything's reached ahead at the same time. Yeah, so a true nightmare. A very true nightmare. And my only solace is the sweet, sultry sounds of our voices and the fun that we get to have in this here studio. Mm-hmm. So we got some good stuff for you coming up in the hour. We have a, uh, but right now here's a song by Rihanna. I don't know. It sounded like a DJ for a second there. I think you know, coming up in the hour. I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. In any case, we're gonna talk about finals. Why they suck. Why they might change. Uh, but first, Ryan, I want to know, what's <laughs> the worst finals experience that you've ever had or testing experience? Just gab, you know. Just dish. Just some of that hot goss. Dish on the the hot finals goss. Uh, honestly. It's never just, like, one final for me that's, like, the nightmare final. It's always just, like, when you have multiple finals in one day. And it's, like, you have to do one in the morning, and then you have to do one in the evening, and then one the next morning. And, like, leading into that, you're just, like, oh, my God. Yeah. And, like, you just, no matter what, you have to sacrifice one of them. You're, like, all right, this is the final that I'm not going to study for. Because, like, you just, like, preparing for three finals, like, even if you do it a week before, I don't know about you, but, like, my memory for final exams doesn't last that long, and I can't cram three entire courses into my brain at one time, so. Yeah. I think it's a tactic that I had for that when I was, um, when I had enough courses to have, like, finals stacked like that. Yeah. So, like, uh, as our listeners probably know by now, I went to U of C, and I did first-year engineering, among other years of engineering. Um and the engineers they put right at the end to give us the most time to study because our exams mm-hmm. were just objectively the hardest out of anyone's. Mm-hmm. You know, no shade to the other courses, but frankly, business students didn't have to do as much work as we did. Um, so they took a, they put us all at the end, but that meant that like we were stacked. All of yeah. our exams were stacked. So I'd find myself like studying for like again like the three course jam, where like yeah, two of them are on one day and the other ones on a third day or on a second day, but in a twenty-four hour window. Like, you have three. Yeah. Um, and my method was, like, the first two I would study for. And, like, the second one I would kind of study for, like, in advance of final season. And I would just, like, have that somewhere in a warehouse of my brain. And, like, the day, like, the time before that third final, I would just, like, try and, like, bring it back. I'd just do review. Yeah. So, like, I had to, like, add an extra week onto my final season just for that course that I know that I wouldn't have time to study for during final season. Yeah. It's, like, the morning of the exam, you get up and you're fully exhausted and spent but you're like okay now is the time like i have to cram for this and that's why everyone turns into an alcoholic after oh because big time. you just like you just went through like the worst experience ever so you I, will never have to do in your life because that's not what real life is like they oh. don't say like all oh, right all right like you're a real estate developer right now you're gonna have to write three consecutive tests on 100 percent of your real estate knowledge yeah i think i'm not passing our um I think it's it's this will get past your censorship uh, filter when I say that is bullshit. And it makes me so angry. Um, the I lived in I lived in Calgary, but I just moved when I was in first year engineering. I was a ripe young age of seventeen years old, um, and my family was back in Victoria. And back before this was back before the plague times, when we all felt comfortable going in a metal tube in the sky in the big skybird <laughs> together, um, in an enclosed space. But I would always have my flight, like, the morning after my last exam at, like, 5 in the morning. Just no time. So I would literally, ninety every time that I showed up to Victoria, like, my friends still joke about it. Um, every time, I like, they'd be like, you're showing to, you're going to be in Victoria on the 22nd of December, right? Like, you'll be good to go. And I'd be like, yeah, I land in Victoria on the 22nd <laughs> of December. Like, 
I'm going to be dead because the night before <laughs> I had my last exam and then I stayed up all night drinking with my friends and I got on the airplane just like the most hungover but still kind of drunk guy on earth. I, just, um, I knew exactly where you were going with that. It's <laughs> <laughs> like just waiting. That was so perfect. Every time I came back to Victoria, I was just like, I will see you on Boxing Day. Like I land on the 22nd. I'm going to sleep until the 24th. Then I'm with my family on Christmas Eve and Christmas, and then I'll see you all. <laughs> I had, uh, so I used to go to UBC, and I had a friend when they were coming home to Calgary. I think they came home the day before me, and um, they threw up on the plane the next morning. <laughs> <laughs> and I just, like, I can, I imagine that happens a lot, and flight attendants probably, like, are scared of that time of year because they're like, all right, the, this plane is a bunch of college students, super hungover, five in the morning, like, make sure those little puke bags on the back of the seat are refreshed. I, I never puked on the plane, but uh, in my second year of university, <laughs> I had to be woken up by the attendant. Like, the whole plane had been, like, cleared, and I was just, like, asleep in the back of the plane. And she was like, you just look Get so off. peaceful. She was like, you just need to get off this. And of course, <laughs> like, <laughs> we took the cheapest flight option. So I had already, like, stayed, gruelingly stayed up through, like, or tried to sleep on the airport benches. There's, Ugh. if you've ever, like, flown to Vancouver and then done, like, a regional flight out of Vancouver as the second part of your trip, like, maybe just crossing the, the uh, Georgia Strait to the island. Like, there's, like, one little terminal where all those tiny, like, Air Canada Jazz sized planes stay and it is the loudest place i've ever physically mm. been on being in on earth and like i tried to sleep there and i couldn't and so she like i had to pass out on the plane and i got woken up by a very kind flight attendant who let me sleep through the deboarding but she was like i can't like i have to clean your seat bud yeah um so that was a low point then there was the time i almost died yeah. tell me about that yeah. yeah that's terrifying it's um this is why like we'll get to authentic assessment in our like actual like important messaging bit but like i believe very strongly in post-secondary education in general but i believe probably even more strongly in changing post-secondary education to be better um specifically assessment because i found myself in the fall of second year engineering at u of c um with double pneumonia I was, sitting in, I was sitting What's in the... Double? What's double pneumonia? I'm told it's when you have pneumonia in both your lungs. <laughs> That's what she said. She said you have double it's pneumonia. Funny. <laughs> it's funny, but it's not it, funny. It's pretty funny. <laughs> like, I was laughing about it at the time because I was manic. Um, <laughs> but I found myself sitting across from the on-campus doctor who got to know me over the course of my years, and she was like, how the hell are you still here? Um, as in, alive. <laughs> um, I found myself sitting across from her in the examination room, and she was like, I'm going to write you a note to defer your next exam um, because you have been awake for 56 hours. You are literally running off of coffee and cigarettes. Um, you have double pneumonia and how you're still smoking the cigarettes. I don't, I don't know. Um, but like you are, she's like, I just took your internal temperature and you are two degrees away from like the threshold that they teach us in med school as like, this person is about to go into cardiac arrest. Oof. Um, and she was like, if you keep working at this pace, you will kill yourself or at least severely hospitalize yourself. Like she was like, you're going to be having a seizure. Mm. Um, and you were paying to do it. I was paying to you do it. You weren't getting paid for that. No, I wasn't. And that was because, uh, due to a scheduling error, I think they had scheduled three exams in one day. Brutal. Um, and so I stayed up 
for two days before that, and then I stayed up through the exams, obviously. I got to be on that exam. Which like, one? All of them? Um, engineering mechatronics, I want to say. All three of them me- that were in the one day? Mechatronics. Or was that like your... The exam where I passed out and hit my head on the desk, and the teacher told me I had to go to the doctor after. Uh, and that's how I ended up in her office. That that one I got to be on. Um, the other one was... I don't know what the other two were, but I'm probably pretty sure I got like Bs or Cs. I think around that time I was like starting to, the health effects were not happening. And also various other things were happening in my life that were not allowing me to optimally perform. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think that semester I actually did pretty well. I just almost died. Um, It was like when I walked out of that doctor's office that I was just like, there's something wrong with this system. How am I paying for this? Yeah, it sets you up for that where you don't have the opportunity to, you know, focus on self-care at all. No. It's like no self-care. It's like exams are your life right now and you have to do absolutely whatever you can to do well enough in those exams, especially in engineering where it's competitive. Well, I hate the I hate it because they tell you that it's to prepare you for the work world and that like you have to do examinations to prepare you for the tests that you'll have in your life. But they don't. Because they're unlike anything else in any industry, mm-hmm. almost especially engineering. Mm-hmm. If an engineer designs a bridge in three hours and then builds it after like his three-hour first draft, that's going to get people killed. <laughs> why, so why are we te- testing our kids like that? With no peer review, nobody peer to look over your work, just you. No revisions. Yeah, it's like, what? That's it's, not how this works. It's ridiculous. And like, you know, people can go like, uh, frankly, like, I'm not trying to be a downer here. Like, go ahead and laugh. That's pretty crazy. Like, it's almost like a laugh-cry situation. But, like, that was nuts. Like, yeah. I, I, just thinking about doing that now makes me tired. I could not stay up for 56 hours today. Yeah. Like, I just, my body would give out. So I was something back then. I was a sprightly young 18-year-old. Um, but uh, it's nuts that I had to do that. And maybe I didn't have to. Maybe I could have, like, learned to study in high school a little better. But I but didn't. it's not even about, like, learning to study. It's the problem with, like, the way that we are, like, graded on whether we know things. Yep. It's just not like what real life is like. Like, nobody in real life is like, all right, like, regurgitate everything you know, and then you never have to know it again. Like, that's not. Well, it lends itself. And, like, if you, I remember teachers, like, would tell me. Oh, you know, like make sure you learn this because you want to make sure you actually know it for your career. I don't want you to just regurgitate it and then forget it. But then they would go ahead and test you in a manner that incentivizes that yeah, practice. Just regurgitate. It's like it's like copy and paste. Like all you have to do is memorize the exact things to regurgitate it the one time on the test and then never have to know it again. Yeah, and I think we all know it's kind of a like frankly a shitty way to test people. Yeah. It's just bad. It doesn't do its job right. Not and like this isn't just like being like oh woe is me. I'm a student. This is like from the institution's perspective. They want to ensure their reputation, right? Yeah. Like a lot of the decisions that the institution makes is driven by um, you know, their graduates going out into the into society and carrying state's brand with them. State U of C every school. Yeah. Um it's part of the reason that they're like less down with collaborative degrees and, and transfer systems that are block transfers, et cetera. Um, if in cases where they are not down with that stuff, that's often the cited reason is because they want their graduates to be, they want to know exactly trained what they're by gradu- them. trained by them. Yeah. And the reason it's they their want brand. So they want to protect their brand and make sure that their graduates are trained by them. Exactly. And like s- students, we can be cynical and like to our listeners who are thinking like, Oh man, um, schools don't care about their students like they do like they want you to succeed because 
like from like not even from a humanitarian perspective though i'm sure there are plenty of individuals in every administration who just love teaching and love their students but from a practical standpoint as a company they want you to succeed because you carry that brand forward like harvard Mm -hmm. isn't just known for being this big school because harvard has a nice logo it's because harvard graduates have gone on to do yeah big influential things yeah um so we want to make like the institution should want to make sure their graduates are fully prepared in a in to do so, they need to make sure that they're testing them in a way in a system that doesn't incentivize regurgitation and like uh, what is it, pump and dump or like loading and <laughs> dumping it. <laughs> what I don't know. If that's, are we allowed to say that on this podcast? It does sound like a sexual thing, <laughs> <Yeah>. dude. <laughs> Sounds like something is going oh, on in the no. bathroom. No, um, not something that we encourage. pump and dump is like definitely a stock term. Like I think like big. <laughs> institutions can like buy a bunch of stock and pump it and then they sell it at a higher price because they increase all the the artificially inflated demand exactly like we incentivize students to pump up their knowledge base and then dump it because they have another big exam that they have to make room for in their brain absolutely as opposed to testing them practically in a manner which might actually prepare them for the workforce yeah um I know that we've said are like the worst things that have happened, but on this same note, I've done an assessment that was like super, super good and wasn't just um, a test where you had to like memorize it, put it down once and then that's it and you get graded on it. Um, I took this accounting course online um, through, I think it was like Langara or College of the Rockies or something, but it was just like online because I wanted transfer credit. And how it worked was like I had this platform online with like all of the exercises that I had to do over the whole course of the over the whole course of the course. And I could do each of the exercises as much as I wanted. And then I just got to keep the highest grade that I ever got on it. So I did it like a ton, a ton of times. Like I learned every single piece of that from like bank reconciliations to like uh, journal entries and like closing statements, like everything like that. I learned it so well and I still know it because I did it so many times Mm -hmm. because I wasn't like, all right, I have to study for two days before my exam. I was like, I can slowly just do it until I get a hundred percent or whatever I wanted as a grade. I think the thing that like surprises me is that, so I'll I'll, like tell you my, my favorite thing was like, I was in a course uh, that was kind of design focused and the way that they did it was there was no final exam. Um, I think there was like a test, a small test at the end that was like worth 5% of the grade that mm. was just to make sure you could draw, like yeah. drafting draw. Um, but for the coursework, it was uh, all kind of one big project. Literally like assignment one was like the baseline ideation step of the design phase. Assignment, the big assignment number two was like prototyping. Like a assi- big assignment number three was all about like iterating on that prototype and like re- revisiting your design and running simulations to make sure it can do certain things, and then the big project, big final project was like actually building your design in a final form and then putting it through a trial. Um, I think we had to like create like a little robot to like go around something, go around an obstacle and pick up a rock and deposit it somewhere. And, and like we were able to do that, and like what it did was it not only engaged us and taught us the design philosophy practically and through experience it also meant that like the students were engaged the entire semester because they knew from the get-go that assignment two is based in assignment one yeah assignment so you three couldn't is based drop in the assignment ball two. like you, you had to keep going yeah so it's not like you're, you're not creating a system where students can like just like if, if for some reason you believe that part of education is also teaching students to like not slack off and have this work ethic 
it also takes off that box where like we yeah. had to be on the ball we had to keep doing that and it surprises me that like i have bumped into that kind of idea where project where like the years of coursework builds on each other and like it keeps you engaged the entire year but you also feel like you're making progress um and building up a skill base i've run into that a bunch of times including at sate mm-hmm then there's just a final exam that's completely disconnected from all of it. It's like they force a final exam down your throat because for some reason they think it's the only way to like grade you appropriately. Whereas you're, you as a student are like, no, like that whole project I did over the course of the semester, that grade me on that. Like that's what I learned in this course. I didn't learn about the final exam. I learned this whole project that I did. Yeah. And it's like, then you find out, right. You like are going into the final and you like check the course outline that you haven't read in months. And you're like, man, what is this worth? And it's like the final's worth 40%. And you're like, and that assignment that actually taught you the content of the course where you got to show your skill and your, your aptitude for, for learning and, and progress within that field and improvement and improvement yeah. is like worth 10 percent, and you're just like absolutely discouraged yeah. to discover that the part that was actually like good pretty much it's only worth 10 percent. and for some reason there's this ancient practice of the exam just like tacked on and it has to be 40 percent. yeah it's it's nuts I think we've kind of naturally already segued into our second seg- segment, which is all about authentic assessment. That is what it's about. We just kind of like woke up here. I don't think we normally we would have the musical interlude. Let's pretend we have the musical inter- interlude. Don't put it in. <laughs> Welcome to segment two. It <laughs> is uh, <laughs> it's the segment for me and you. It's all about authentic assessment, baby. Are we can talk about proctoring in here too. I think we have talked about proctoring before. Have we? Yeah, we have talked about proctoring. Yeah. No proctoring talk. Go find yeah. it in one of our previous uh, previous episodes. Yeah. I think it's in the online learning episode, maybe one or two. Yeah. And we talked about how Jasmine does uh, that kind of stuff. Yeah, I she remember does. Right now. Jasmine's our VP academic for our listeners. Yeah. Um, and she is very strong-willed in that we must call her that. Not Jasmine. So she'd be upset that I called her Jasmine. Madam Vice President Academic Jasmine is actually how I address her. If you're listening, Jasmine, I mean, Madam Vice President Academic, I humbly apologize. (laughs) Please don't. Don't bring out the whip. Yes. Krampus already hit us with the (laughs) Krampus already hit us with the sticker. With the switch. With the switch. Oh my god. (laughs) Don't get my switch. Um so yeah, what's authentic assessment, Ryan? Is this potentially a solution to our woes? Kind of, and it's kind of what we've been talking about a little bit. So for those of you who don't know, what authentic assessment essentially is, is assessing students based on the skills that they've learned in the course, kind of like anything other than uh, a final exam. It's finding ways to assess them based off what you actually want them to know and do in like a career or the workforce and not just this uh, pump and dump. Yeah, <laughs> pump and dump. <laughs> Unless, of course, the course is um, test-taking 101, in which case yeah. the final exam is, is perfectly suited yeah, to so test their skills. So, like, for example, like, let's give an example of it. Uh, an authentic assessment could be a simulation game. Uh, one of the courses that we take at SAIT here, you run, like, a fake coffee shop over the course of a semester. Yeah, it's really cool. Um, I think it's diploma and degree students I would have to ask my diploma friends, but I definitely took it in a degree stream. Um, and it's really cool because over the course of the semester, every the class, the class, the classmates are broken down into groups. 
that each run a coffee shop that effectively competes against each other. You have to set your prices. You have to make a logo. You have to uh, like figure out how you're going to separate yourself from the crowd. Uh, and you check in every week in class and see Recycle, how you're doing. Recycled coffee beans. Yeah, There you go. Something no one's ever thought of before. Reuse them. <laughs> Sustainability. Keeps that overhead low. <laughs> Just dig through the dumpsters of the, the other ones. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Gross. Um, Gross. Yeah, terrible. It, it, it was great, though. It was really great um, because you have a bunch of things. You're reflecting about your work. You're learning because you're trying to figure out where you could do better and do and you, where you're doing wrong. And you also have feedback from the instructor who's essentially the expert. You have feedback all the time. So you actually learn things in this class because of kind of those, those things. And then when you get to the final, it's just like your final grade. I don't think it actually is. I think there's a final exam in this class but there shouldn't be a final exam because it should just be based on how you ran your coffee shop. Like and I've they been, could do that. I've they totally showing, could. I've been showing my skills all year. Why at the very end you're like throwing a quiz in my face? Like now fill out this questionnaire. Yeah. Like this doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Like why have the other course? Uh, uh, um, discouraging. It is discouraging. But it also encouraging. The coursework sounds amazing for that course. Like how innovative and how practical. Very innovative. And you I know what else it is? It's something that you can put on your friggin' resume. Absolutely. It's like coffee shop simulation. I got this grade. I did this well. I learned this. I did all this kind of stuff. Yeah. Like no one cares when you go like, eh, I got an A on a test. Yeah. Because like, you know who cares? The hiring algorithm. Yeah. But once you get into an interview and you have to start giving examples, you'll be like, well, I was really stressed for this test and I studied really hard and then I got an A. I'll mm. be like, cool. Next. Yeah. But if you're like, yeah, I actually generated this whole fake coffee empire and like dominated my, bought out my peers and <laughs> yeah. franchised the brand. Like, yeah. Made strategic decisions. And if they're trying to make us, you know, think strategically, like that's how you do it. But uh, one of the programs that I think does authentic assessment best, kind of naturally, are the medical programs respiratory therapy, PCP, paramedics, like that kind of thing. Because what PCP? they. Isn't that a drug? It's also professional care paramedic, or maybe it's primary <laughs> care paramedic. Okay, but yeah, so it's just PCP and not PCP paramedic, like a paramedic who specializes in PCP. Yeah. Okay. Good. Just need a clarification. I was like, "What's a PCP paramedic?" It's, it's got like a real a niche job. <laughs> it's a paramedic that. It's just uh, a PCP professional care paramedic. Uh, it's it's a paramedic that is just like just going because they're just super high <laughs> on <laughs> drugs. PCP. Yeah, they're just on PCP. Twice the workload of a regular <laughs> paramedic, but half of the survival rate. Or or maybe it's a paramedic that like you're really stoked when they show up because they show up to the bar and they just <laughs> hand out everyone PCP. And they're like, have a good time. Have a good time. Have a good time. And by the way, when you start chewing through your arm, <laughs> I'm a paramedic. So I can say. <laughs> and I'm on PCP too. I'm pretty sure PCP is like up there with bath salt and meth with the things. That I like, don't even know. I don't know. Guys, don't do PCP. The ghost of Andrew, not Dan, not Andrew Jackson. Who is it? Jean Valjean. The ghost of Jean Valjean is doing, has his hand like waving in the air like he's a Roman emperor about to just put the thumb up or down for death or life. And we, yeah. If you do Can PCP. I get a thumbs up or a thumbs down from PCP? It's oh, down. Okay, no. PCP. Don't do PCP, kids. So says Jean Valjean. 24601. Anyways, authentic assessment is not about doing PCP. It is, however, about doing um, the... Uh, oh, I forget what it's called off the top of my head. Maybe you can help me f find the words here. But it's like they go through a simulation 
they have like their classmate like lay down on the floor and they get briefed by their instructor where they're like, all right, like you have uh, like you have like a punctured lung and a broken femur. And like when they come do their assessment of you, they have to find that. So when they like touch your thigh, like go, ah, oh, so they have a- like students get to be actors and stuff. I hear they do that for like resident doctors as well. And stuff. Yeah. That's so cool. I've actually done that. So they, okay. I think, hold on. Totally I think the cool. word, by the way, that you were looking for was the word you used, which is simulation. simulation. <laughs> it's yeah. totally a simulation. Yeah, maybe it is. I got paid to go be an actor you get paid $300 for, I think it's like an hour and a half of work at the what? U of C medical school f- to assess doctors. Oh my God. And I did it. And I had, uh, I had a rectile dysfunction one time, which was really fun to <laughs> sure like be an actor. <laughs> yeah, didn't even was, have to act for that one. It was great. And then, and then the other time I had to go speak to them pretending that my dad had dementia. And they were supposed to like figure out that my dad had dementia and I had to be like, yeah, he's just not himself. Like he doesn't want to talk to me. And like, and I had to like, I had like a list. Janice Janice (laughs) died in the forties. But like, it was so cool because it's like, yeah, that's how like assessments should be. And you could totally do that for marketing, for management, especially for accounting in financial services. My program, we did a couple like final projects where it was like you had to prepare a financial plan for like a fake family okay. and then present it to them. Okay. So which to be was clear, great. you can do simulations for every course. You can't do dementia actors for every course. I mean, you could have a dementia actor come in and ask for a financial plan. Like that would be a real twist. <laughs> that would be dope. That would actually. be a crazy twist. By the way, let's like book it off in our calendar after the pandemic. We're so going to do the $300. I would do that for free. Are you kidding me? It was I'd go wild. in there and like add a twist to my character. Like what's my motivation? my character has a big fancy mustache so i'm gonna have to go to the costume store and i'll be back you're like wearing a top hat when you come in (laughs) they're like no you're just a person with erectile dysfunction can i just go in as like a snake oil salesman from the west wild west uh, like with erectile dysfunction hello traveler can i sell you some medicine by the way my ding dong don't work my six shooter is gone firing blanks i don't know i can find i'm sure there's something else in the wild west so you're saying simulations (laughs) oh no oh no uh yeah they're cool my big iron okay i'm done but you know what um just to finish off my story after that financial plan that we had to do for the family we still had to do my final exam why why Why? you actually you act your teacher got to watch you do what my doing what they taught you and that's like what the <laughs> my degree is that's what it's gonna do like that's what i do for the future why do i also have to do this exam i watched you successfully do the thing i taught you now write it down <laughs> yeah write a multiple choice test where i try and trick you on every question like why i don't know i don't think it's the instructors that are like doing this i kind of think there's like pressures from a lot of places like industry expects you to have grades that show that you did some kind of whatever students go into courses thinking they're going to have to do a final exam i think the school thinks that like in order to have like standard like uh quality controls they have to have an exam to like ensure quality because how do you measure the success of one course versus another if they're not all being tested the same way but like but you can. That's just you can. You can, and that's and a also, mindset change. It uh, the yeah. The thing that I was gonna say, like the number one pressure that I think it, it is, is like it's just because it is the way it is. Yeah. And like that's just 
it's like that's the reason for so many whack things that have existed in our society for like a long time like you know certain people weren't allowed to vote in these country in our country for a that's long time because it, it was just the way it is but like if you and then people actually started speaking up about it and making change i don't know why i'm likening this to a civil rights movement that's not it's not kosher i take that back this is not the same stakes <laughs> but yeah. It is. It's, it's equally it, a cop out, though. Yeah, but the reason that it kind of stayed around for so long is in part due to the same reasons as this, which is the fact that it's just the way it is, and that mindset that like, well, we can't change the way everything. we've always done it. It's the way we've always done it, and the yeah. idea that traditions are good just because they're traditions, which like is just not true. Yeah, terrible. Way it's of not thinking. true. Um, that being said, Ryan, is Saint making any progress? toward authentic assessment are they interested in it at all do they want to make changes do they see the same issues that we do tell me i think they do i think they do and you know that's one of the cool things about this year is that's one of those things where we've been forced to make progress with that because doing exams in the gym anymore doesn't work you know so they either have to make all students pay a bunch of money to do a racist online proctoring thing um, which maybe we can talk about in another episode or something. Oh, I was or we say can we could just, or I could say just like go back and listen to our proctoring software there you go. episode where we talked about how. Yeah, there you go. It kind of just it just the software itself discriminates, but um, like the UFC, MRU, both completely the two other major educational institutions in the no city online proctoring completely got so rid what of do you proctoring do and you got rid of final exams. So what do you do? The only thing you can do is other types of assessments. And the best way to do other types of assessments is authentic assessments yeah. um, or simulations or, or things like that. So there's been lots of progress. Not am, am, am I right in saying that we are the only school in the city that didn't get rid of final exams though this year? Right? Uh, as far as I am, uh, the only big school. Yeah, that's like disappointing. I think Bow Valley College still has it Kept and probably it. Ambrose and... But like out of U of C, MRU, and us, and we're bigger than MRU. Yeah. Yeah, we're we're one. I so know they're trying. I do want to give them props because they are trying, and lots of classes don't. I was gonna say I feel like something is happening at like maybe the academic chair level where instructors are being encouraged to find alternatives. Absolutely. Because all of my instructors magically this semester were just like, mm, we're not gonna do that. We're not gonna do tests, even though we did last semester. Yeah. Um, which is good. Yeah. That's good. Yeah, maybe there's just there's got to be like a, probably like ten courses where they're just like we just have no alternatives. Like there's just no way yeah. we can test this in an online capacity. Yeah, or like maybe if we were in person, we could do the Some. dementia patient thing. But yeah. online, you know, everyone like looks like they have dementia because they're reading their texts or they're checking their email or something. <laughs> you know, I don't know. Uh, um, but they're making progress. It's good <coughs> good to know that it's like something that's on their mind. Do you think? If you had to make a call, do you think that it's like on the horizon within the next five years? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think there's going to always be those pressures and there will be some courses where the teacher's been around for a really long time and, you know, they're stuck in their ways. They've always given this exam, so they're going to keep giving this exam. And they were given exams when they were in school. Yeah. And like, I, I do think that some courses are really well suited to have a final exam. But most courses aren't, you know, 
like doing doing for example uh i don't even know if i'm going to be able to think of an example of one that it would be good a math course like a pure math course or business math might make sense to have a final exam i still think that if you have a final exam or a final assessment you should be able to do it as many times as you want obviously the questions should be different but you should be able to do it as many times as you want because as long as you can demonstrate that you know everything that that course wants you to know, you should be able to get the highest grade you can. Agreed. It shouldn't depend on the day and the state you were in, like if you were sleep deprived for 56 hours. Yeah. Like the what, what benefit is there to, like for example, and this is like, um, this is not a bash against these teachers because my teacher has done a great job. But I have a teacher instead of teachers who are kind of running the course across all their sections together. They're doing it digitally and helping each other out, make some content here and there, uh, doing a really good job. But like recently, they, I got an email being like, we added, this test was really hard. So we've added an attempt. You can now do it three times instead <laughs> of two. And I was just like, why? Why three? Why, why three? Why yeah. is three arbitrarily better? And you recognize that it's hard. Like, why wouldn't we just be able to do it until we get it right? What does that prove? Because I'll tell you what. It doesn't prove that, like, we have the ability to, this is going to narrow it down, but my apologies, is, like, do machine design. Because <laughs> it is all about designing, like, a belt set, system of belts this past week. Belts and chain drives in complex machinery. In, like, I think you have 200 minutes to complete it, which is a significant amount of time. But, like, what, what in what universe in your job are you going to be, like, they're going to be, like, do this get it right the first time or the first three 200 minute attempts like no they'd send you away and you'd do it and then you would come back and give it to them <laughs> yeah and they'd be like mm, i don't like this part of it can you change it and if you were unable to then they'd be like you're not a very you're not very good at this but if well, you were like yeah sure i'll fix it and you go back and you fix it yeah, or and just as valuable for an engineer if you're unable to because of a reality of physics you can explain it. And yeah. Be like I can't because you see that drives only come yeah. in these stand belts only come in these standardized things, and if we change the center to center distance of this, then like it's just not going to yeah. work. We won't have a belt that'll fit it. Um. So you have to just accept. You have to swallow this business major. Yeah. It's always a business major. Uh, sorry. That's what they tell us. <laughs> they tell us in the school that like one day a suit is going to tell you that you have to defy the laws of physics, and you have to tell that business major <laughs> that physics still apply to them. Yeah go back to school <laughs> maybe that should be a course that's added into our uh business school physics yeah, physics i don't know or physics is just something that should be in i'm so biased in this physics and chemistry should be taught to every high school all the way to the 12th grade level yeah. the number of people who like answer like this should be banned when like they just change the name of water to die to hi dihydrogen monoxide and then like say like if you drink a lot of it you'll that's die chemistry it kills people every year and, like, people are like, we should totally ban that. Like, they do this, like, it's a classic joke petition. They do it all the time. And people always say that it should be banned. But if everyone just knew chemical nomenclature, they wouldn't be so scared. Like, how many of your friends got scared of MSG near, like, 2010, 2011 era? Because it was a lot of mine in Victoria. And I was just like, monosodium glutamate is not a threat, actually. It's just, like, fine for you. <laughs> it's just a little powder that makes everything taste good. It doesn't hurt you, but they were scared because it had a fancy name. Yeah. Chemicals are bad, yeah, but like that's chemistry. <laughs> What's the physics that you want people to know about? Kinematics and dynamics, pretty much. Like why things move? Yeah. Kinematics. Kine, meaning motion in Greek. Mm. Like the kinema, 
where you see moving pictures, the cinema. Oh, oh, oh. same word. Um, <laughs> and um, oh, thank you. And uh, kinematics and dynamics and statics, pretty much all three of those should be taught to people. Yeah. Like it's so they're so easy, man. Every, anyone, any I could teach literally anyone listening to this to like plot the trajectory of a of a ball thrown at a certain velocity in our next episode. Stuff. In our next episode, Liam talks about the law of conservation of energy. <laughs> That's so funny. Um, but back to uh, authentic assessments. Um, I, th- I think the question initially w- before we went that was like, are we doing stuff? And I think the answer is, yeah, we're, we're doing the yeah. best we can. And some classes can't. Maybe they'll get there one day, but most classes can. So we're excited about that. Um, and I think we're approaching some uh, some time here. Do we want to talk about headlines soon? Yeah. You want yeah. Brian play us off? what do you got for me uh i have some news today for you liam about the florida of canada new brunswick are you gonna tell me that news sure (laughs) (laughs) uh all right i'm sorry i'm looking at my headlines (laughs) and i was just preparing (laughs) mentally to deliver them so uh a headline from one of the papers in the florida of canada addict stays awake for six days shoots man Hides in Tim Hortons. Well, Tim will never give you up. They won't. <laughs> I don't think they would. As long as you keep buying double-doubles. Oh, that's how he stayed away for six days. It wasn't the drugs. He was just a caffeine addict. <laughs> just positioned himself under the iced cappuccino machine. Just let go. Yeah. Oh, man, I'm getting an iced cappuccino after this. This is making me thirsty. <laughs> Florida woman who just bought $1 million mansion arrested for stealing $1,000 in lights. <laughs> <laughs> no, she bought the house, but it was like, ah, but you know what? The straw that broke the camel's back on this mansion couldn't get the lights. Paying for lights, that actually is a big concern of mine. It's like if I ever end up with a mansion for whatever reason, maybe I win the lottery or just a mansion, yeah, with like, no lights. Yeah, just like how am I going to pay for the lights? How, how are that's you? That's how they get you. Yeah, that's how you get you. I'm going to be like one of the guys, those dads who like forces you to turn off the light every time you exit any room. But like for a whole mansion, how am I going to keep watch on a whole mansion set of lights? With somewhere with my, you're gonna have to be very diligent somewhere my kid is gonna leave a light on those little all right anyways um okay i have a, a toilet humor one can i do it do, do you it. accept that i'm gonna do a earlier I feel we bad said, about earlier it. we unironically said the term pump and dump That's so true. i think <laughs> you're allowed to use toilet humor <laughs> all right i used it in the financial sense <laughs> this one is in the sports section but ready for some action <laughs> what? <laughs> but ready for some action. Is that the entire <laughs> Oh, but like a but. <laughs> There's a football player named Jake Butt. Well, you phrased it like this one is in the sports section, but ready for some uh, action. And I was just like You're like why would it not be ready for action <laughs> if it was in the sports section? <laughs> what are you talking about? What is the headline? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Well, that's a little toilet humor. The word butt is always funny. It is always I funny. wouldn't even classify butt as toilet humor. It's just a good time. It goes on top of the toilet. Yeah. 
Uh, father of 23 kids only had sex at night because he thought sperm was asleep. Oh, my <laughs> There's a God. Quote. There's a quote, though, too. It says, I know it sounds dumb, but think about it. They're little humans, just like us. They got to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Florida man associated with Florida man indicted for sex trafficking a minor is also being investigated for sex trafficking a minor. Who is that Florida man? Matt Gates. Congressman Matt Gates. Oh, no. <laughs> Classic Florida man. Yeah. He's also one of the guys who was like, for, he was like apologizing for the Capitol rioters as they were still in the building. <laughs> what a great guy. Yeah? No? Okay. No. Florida man shoots neighbor, according to his daughter, in a heated dispute over ducks. Okay. <laughs> Florida men, one disguised in bull costume, allegedly tried to burn down ex-boyfriend's home with spaghetti sauce. Hold on. <laughs> I've heard of some spicy spaghetti. But that spicy? <laughs> that it sets fire to a house? That's a little fun. They're like, this is hot. And the other guy's like, wait. You know how we've been trying to burn down that guy's house? What if? <laughs> oh my God. Maybe they just like let the sa- the cans go bad in the sun and they're like got gases in them or something. Maybe it would work. Florida woman and daughter arrested for rigging homecoming queen vote. <laughs> arrested. What do you do as a cop when you get called to that? It's like, uh, this is election fraud, I guess. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> I don't know tampering with an official ballot is there a department at the government that just oversees home and coming queens is there a committee do they have to <laughs> what are, what's the can someone can maybe the legislative maybe Am- committee on homecoming queens maybe an american can like an american listener or student international student from america can like tell us what the hell in homecoming queen is and what privileges they receive i know they, they get a, a, they a get royal to make court? a speech at prom but that's all say? i know from movies what the hell do you say i don't know have okay, you ever like, seen mean girls like you're yeah, supposed to crack up your crown and apologize to people <laughs> I guess. I've, yeah i've seen movies where like obviously like the underdog wins the homecoming queen thing she gives it like a big heartfelt speech that only makes sense to the audience because most of the high school wasn't there for her entire plot line and was just like what the hell is she talking about it's like i've made a lot of mistakes i've heard everyone's like who is this girl i've heard a, a boy at some point in this story the camera pans over to that one boy, but like everyone else in the audience is like, "Who the hell are you talking about? Why are you so special? <laughs> well, you're Why not do you a get pro- to speak to this. You're not the protagonist of our high school. <laughs> yeah. You just like your friends got into some hijinks and like rigged the homecoming dance for, it. or like you had some really ha- previous heart spelt <laughs> speech that swayed us all to vote for you. <laughs> but like, I understand that for most of the most of the time in real life, it's just some pretty girl, right, that wins. I some popular is it, pretty girl. Is it even a real Maybe thing? Maybe I'm like is insulting it a someone. Thing? Maybe it's like an important thing, and that you're supposed like okay. The I guess you're, here's what I'm asking for: in a perfect world, who do you vote for for homecoming queen? Like, if everyone votes not on the single issues, like hot or popular, like who? What are the traits of a homecoming queen that you are supposed to have? In order to win, like, are you supposed to be involved in student clubs? Model UN, Liam. They're supposed to. They're <laughs> supposed to run <laughs> Model <laughs> UN. Somebody tells me the Model UN members are not winning homecoming queen. But <laughs> for example, my mom is from Pennsylvania, and she won homecoming queen what? in her senior year. 
but she even doesn't know what it is. Like I asked her, I was like, "What is, is like she? And she? What is it?" And she's like, "I don't know. They just choose some pretty girl." I was like, "Is it a vote?" I was like, "I was like, I was like, so I ask again, mom. How the hell did you win it?" And she was like. I wasn't exactly pretty, but I was in a Boston brace for scoliosis for all of high school, and I got it off in my single, like senior pity year. Queen. No, everyone was just like, "Holy shit, Meredith exists!" <laughs> like you know how like some person, like one person is like really, maybe like maybe they like got some other something going on, or they have you know when, like let's say you had braces. You ever have, bra- have braces? I had friends who had braces, and when they got the braces off, all of a sudden they were just like, "Wow!" It was just like people were just like, "Holy crap!" Even though I never found braces like incredibly unattractive, but like I think it was that effect and that she rode that wave to homecoming queenship. There you go. But like, what privileges do you? I don't know. Someone write in. We uh, this is really vexing me. It's vexed me for years. It's vexed me since I saw Clueless for the first time. Yeah. Cool. Well, I think that's uh, all for us for today. You want to carry us out, Liam? That's all for us for the school year, Ryan. And uh, we will see you in the summer, as I said in last episode and lied to you. This is actually the last episode of the school year. Everyone, good luck on your finals. If your finals are over by the time you listen to this, I hope you did well. It's time to rest now. Sleep well, sweet prince and princesses and other. We, uh, we appreciate you all. We love you. We, uh, it's been a great joy starting and hosting this podcast this year. And uh, we'll have a few fun little sound clips for your ear holes during the summer. Uh, four of them to be precise, and they will be on a variety of different subjects. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, other than that, say goodbye, everybody, to Ryan Morstad because he definitely won't be returning next year, unless illegally. Unless illegally, unless I come back as a paid employee. But yeah, thanks. It's been really fun. I've had a good time hosting this, and I've had a great time being the president. So thanks again, everyone, and hang in there, like Liam said, for finals. Yeah, thanks, Ryan. Um, as for me, this is Liam Hunter, your vice president external board member by the time you listen to this probably and uh that's me signing off thank you so much for listening to the asterisk play us out ghost of jean valjean i think you're name Valjean. play us out The Asterisk, with Ryan Morstad and me, Liam Hunter. The Asterisk is a production of the State Students Association. You can rate and review the show on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. If you do, it might appear in future episodes. Got a question or feedback for us? Shoot us a message through sata.com podcast. Your question might be included on a future episode as well. If you haven't already, subscribe to The Asterisk on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or any fine podcast monger of your choice. Thanks to State's Legacy 88 Committee for the gear to produce this episode. This podcast is supported by you, so thank you for listening. This is Liam, signing off.